0: Back to Wembley we go. We're on the march with Eric's army and it feels good, even better, when quarter-final victories involve two minutes of untold carnage at Old Trafford. Manchester United defeat Fulham 3-1, Marcel Sabitzer scores his first goal for the club and we draw Brighton in the semi-final and Sevilla, oh god, not another Spanish team in the Europa League quarters as well. A very warm welcome to the Manchester United weekly podcast with me. Harry Robinson. My regular co-host Jack Tate isn't with me this week for reasons that will become clear very shortly. There's still plenty discuss uh, reviewing the win over Fulham, looking at the problems or benefits of the international break, giving you an extensive United Women Roundup. Here's a clue. They've achieved the same as the men's team and updates as well on a chastening defeat for the Under-21s to Manchester City, a frustrating draw for the Under-18s and an exciting couple of goals for players out on loan in the Football League. Right, before we begin properly, you've just heard some noise from Old Trafford where I was at the weekend, of course, but Jack was somewhere slightly different in European football. He sent this voice note and he'll speak about his experience there when we record again later this week. But I want you to try and guess where he is if you can. think you know where Jack was, send us a tweet at UTD Weekly Pod, United Weekly Pod. He's on a much deserved holiday anyway, so he isn't joining me this week. Uh, He'll be back very soon and it'll be a slightly shorter episode today as a result, but let's crack on. Well, that's United's task now: win, 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 win. Forget style of play and entertainment; just win. Uh, I think these last few games—I was going to say weeks, but it's not. It's, it's actually just the several games in the last fortnight. Really, these these last few games have felt pretty rough. Not in not in terms of the final result. Most of them have been great. There's been some great moments in those games, but generally, I think we can all all agree that we look pretty tired at the moment. It has been a properly remarkable run of fixtures. Ridiculous, really. I'm knackered as a fan. I can't imagine what it's like for those involved day-to-day with this team. The players, yeah, absolutely. And they're the the main focus as supporters and the manager as well. But even those around them, the physios, sports scientists, analysts, even the guys doing the administration, working out travel arrangements, for example. It's been just relentless and breathless. So thank God for the break for everyone involved at United. And even if not all of our players are getting a good kind of rest over the international break those people around the team uh, will be getting I'm sure they'll still have plenty of work to do but there will be a a little bit of a breather so so thank God for that it's a, a good time as well to consider what we've done in these last 90 odd days since the post World Cup restart If you think about it, we've cemented our status as favourites to finish third with a a brief flirtation with the title race. We've played uh, an entire League Cup campaign and won the thing. We've reached the FA Cup semi-finals with a couple of fairly convincing performances and then comeback wins over West Ham and Fulham when we rested a couple of players on both occasions as well. We've coped with injuries or suspensions to major players like Kristen Eriksen and Casemiro. Even Verana Martinez have missed a couple of games. We've beaten Manchester City and we deserved it. We've beaten Barcelona and we deserved it. We've reached the Europa League quarters after... Easily dispatching Spain's fifth best side, Real Betis, and we've managed to fall out of a horrendous, horrendous defeat at Anfield. I think it's, it's clear that we've lost a bit of steam in these last few weeks, and and the squad's lack of quality and depth is showing. That much was clear from the Southampton game, let alone this one. Ten clearly just doesn't trust the the kind of level of players below the first team. That much is clear, and I think the, the team looks tired as a result. and Tenaga's thrown it all in on competing for every competition. And as we said, me and Jack last week after the Southampton game, it's working so far, but it does feel a little bit fragile. And that's why the League Cup was so important. It helps massively. It's a bit of a buy for the rest of the season, knowing that if things do tank, which I don't think they will, but if they do, we still have that trophy in the bag. And this season has still been a success, even if it's so far only in a limited way, it's still been a success. To put it into numbers, 25 games since the 21st of December, 19 wins, four draws, and two defeats a game every three and a half days. It's just mad. And what's even, even crazy is that we've got to do it all again very soon. April is just as crazy. Uh, but yeah, it's certainly a nice time to take the breather. And I go back to the start. All that matters now is winning. I, I doubt we'll see United play really well again this season in a kind of fluid, really controlled way I don't think we've seen that for a while I think we'll win plenty more games and I hope we can add the FA Cup and Europa League to the League Cup in, in the cabinet for the season that would be um, yeah. I mean it'd be properly brilliant but you get the sense this team is tired, and we may well stumble over the top four line finishing line at best I, I expect a few more Southampton-esque games and that's all right it's Hag's first season and it's going very well. As for the game itself against Fulham, well, the red cards were immensely funny. The The first half was neither here nor there really. Fulham were, deserved to go ahead and it, it felt, I was surprised it didn't go ahead in the first half. It felt uh, like that goal was just coming. It was a matter of time and I've, in, in, in a very positive frame of mind because I was having a good Sunday I said after they went ahead well that was always going to come they were always going to score first I'm glad we've got out of the way and now we can, we can come from behind uh, yeah the Reds were mentally funny Anthony was great when he came on Game changing, really. Bruno did some excellent stuff and two goals. His uh, There was a lot of talk recently about kind of his numbers not being quite at the same level this season, even if his performances have been good. They're, they're starting to rack up a little bit more now. Rashford looked pretty knackered. Uh, De Gea made two brilliant saves, although his poor passing continued. And, and for Sabitz, a lovely moment scoring that goal. And when he went back, I didn't notice this originally, but my mate said, and I I found that. It, they, when he went back to the centre circle and they announced his name over the tunnel he seemed to smile all over again in kind of disbelief which is which is really nice going into the international break I think United were meant to have 16 players on international duty that's now 15 after Mar- Marcus Rashford withdrew from the England squad which <laughs> God I, I love the reaction to that just it, it's again I think we spoke I, I said before the League Cup final when Tenag spoke to uh, spoke about Newcastle United's time wasting about two days after having dinner with Sir Alex Ferguson. And I saw the picture of Fergie and, and Ted Hark being shared after the news that Rashford had pulled out. And it's, it's absolutely right. These games may mean something, but they don't mean everything. And Rashford needs rest. Forget whether he has a proper knock or not. He needs some rest. Um, but so that's 15 players now on international duty. Quite a few of those... So, uh, looking at Polistri Alanga for Sweden Lindelof for Sweden Cobby Meyer for England's under-19s uh, Tyrell Malassia McTominay even Maguire are players who either aren't first choice or have been given some game time but could do with a bit more game time they're certainly not going to be tired and um, you then got a few others which are a bit of a worry, like Diego Dallo, Anthony, uh, Lissandra Martinez, even Valverde course because where would we be without him? Hopefully they get that if they can play one game, that's all right. Rather than rather than two, which is unlikely. That's you'd expect them to kind of have their minutes managed by their international managers. And then there's a few others. Um, Casemiro suspended, so it's fine if he plays a few games, it'll keep him nice and sharp. Sabitzer hasn't played loads this season, so he's not going to be as tired as, as the rest of the squad. Luke Shaw's a bit of a concern, but I always get the sense that he's, he's a player who benefits from playing a lot. Bruno is exactly the same and will demand to play every game. It would be nice if Bruno got a bit of a rest but he's not going to. That man plays every game for Portugal and I don't think he'd have it any other way. So I'm sure he'll be playing in in both of their fixtures. I think they're against Luxembourg and Liechtenstein. I can't quite remember, but this break, it hasn't come at the perfect time. I saw, I was watching Middlesbrough's highlights and and Michael Kank was asked whether this had come at the right time and he said, well, I don't think it can come at a right time or wrong time. It just happens when it happens and I think that's probably right. Um, But, it's, you can definitely take some positives from the time in this international break. You've got an opportunity now for Kristen Eriksson's recovery is sounding pretty positive. I've come onto that. That could be massive. But also to get Anthony Martial back ready, because as many faults as he has, he would be incredible. He, he could really change this back into the season if, if he's available. And even if he's playing at 70% of his usual self, or not 70% of his usual self because that he plays at 70% of his top level normally. But if he can play at 70% of that very, very peak Martial, that would give United a, an awful lot in attack. But Eriksen's a key one. He would, especially given the suspension to Casemiro. he's got three more games, Newcastle, Brentford and Everton in the league, Casemiro will miss. So if Eriksen can come back even to start one of those, that would be a proper, proper game changer for United. And especially recently because I remember saying when Erickson got injured, some of you might remember that I said, if he's just out for three or four games here, I don't think I'll mind too much because the the games coming up when Erickson got his injury were against big sides where I've I've certainly felt that Erickson's value is is lesser to the team compared to when we're playing against smaller sides we need to break them down and you have that quality of, of passing from deep and that ability to dictate the tempo that Ericsson has. Obviously he was out for a lot longer than we expected. And my comment was either stupid or at least futile. Um, but I do think what we've seen in, in the last month is we've realised that United can play without Eriksen and can win games, but having him in midfield would be a real, it will be a massive boost in the way that he can control possession and, and, and the tempo of games. It, yeah. It'll be brilliant to have him back. And I think for well, those first couple of games back with him, we'll suddenly go, Ah, that's why we loved him so much before. And yeah, for Rashford, uh be great to get uh Rashford some some rest. Okay, let's have a short break and then I'll give you a roundup and updates on the under twenty ones, under eighteens, United women and a couple of loanees, particularly Charlotte McNeil. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's start with the bad news and get it out of the way. United's under-21s were thumped 6-0 by Manchester City at the weekend. If you're interested, the goals were from Mika Hamilton, Will Dixon, Oscar Bob, Keen Brecklin and Jaden Heskey, the latter being the 17-year-old son of Emile. United were 2-0 down within 15 minutes. Bad defending already. And then when Sonny Al Joffrey got a red card after just 21 minutes, the task was made nigh on impossible. And United couldn't shut out City after that very successfully either. City have a very good side who are or will run away with the Premier League two title, most likely. Um as for the performance, well, Dermot Mee, the the goalkeeper for United, probably came out of the game with the most credit. He made a couple of very good saves. He couldn't really do anything about the goals. The rest of the defence, less so. It was a particularly bad day for Sonny Joffrey, who gifted one of the opening goals before getting sent off. He he hardly touched Oscar Bob as he ran forward, but it was enough to bring him down. And as the last man, Joffrey had to be sent off. And I don't think there were many complaints. It was a little hard to see on the camera angle just how much he touched him but it looked like enough and the referee was in a decent position. So I don't think there were two. The United's... Al Joffrey looked surprised. The rest of the United team didn't look particularly surprised, which I think I think player reactions normally tell you a lot. As for the rest of the defence, Mark Gerrard, Bjorn Hardley and Brandon Williams were the other... Culprit to the back early on. Brandon Williams, especially, he thought, should have taken control of the side as the senior player with with several years of top-flight experience, but he didn't. Uh, Dan Gauzy, and Adanik force in midfield. They weren't bad, but they were overpowered, really, by City's midfield. Up front, Mateo Mejia made some good runs, but unsurprisingly couldn't do much. The subs did solidify things a bit. Tom Odleston was brought on unsurprisingly and Willie Campbell and Charlie Wellens as well both came on and, and solidified things a little bit. But I think most disappointing was the nature of the goals. Um, almost all identical. And I think you can probably predict the type. Typical City, exactly the same as their first team, run down the line, a pull back into the box and finishing it off first time very well. And the the fact United didn't learn from minute to minute, but from half to half as well was, was disappointed. Almost all the goals exactly the same. The majority down the right hand side, I think one or two down the left as well. So yeah, a bad day. And uh, yeah. Let's move on to more positive matters. United women are in turn FA Cup semi final after beating Lose 3 1 away from home at the wonderfully named Dripping Pan Ground. Luz are uh, a model football club, really fan owned and put up a a very good fight after trailing early on through a Rianne Cleverly on goal. United double the lead after half time in a, in a kind of really dominant spell. Vildeboa Risa getting the goal after 68 minutes, but then Luz got one back five minutes later through Emily Kraft and it took until Nikita Paris' strike one minute from time to let United be comfortable with victory. A difficult game and, and United were really made to work for it. Luz worked very hard and to be honest, United's attack didn't look quite as fluid as it can be. Leah Golton was a key absentee in, in that department. But um, yeah, United women's first ever FA Cup semi-final, brilliant news. It would be remiss of me having talked about the dripping pants and not tell you why it's called the dripping pan. It's said to be because when the stadium was first in existence in the middle of the 1800s, it was merely a pitch excavated from the ground with slopes around it. So its shape mimicked a dripping pan. I've not been able to fully verify that, but it does make sense. And um, yeah, football and cricket being played, on that site for hundreds of years. It's pretty cool. And it's, uh, it's, it's also, the reason I like it is because it's nice to have a uniquely named football ground that isn't a result of some weird sponsorship deal with an insurance company or Tony Macaroni or Hunky Dory biscuits or whatever they are. Anyway, um, coming up for United Women, it's uh, our second match of the season at Old Trafford, West Ham are the visitors for the Saturday half five kickoff in the Women's Super League. It's very exciting. I've missed, I'm personally excited because I've missed the first three games at Old Trafford played by United Women for a variety of annoying reasons. So I'm buzzing to finally be able to get to this one. United the second in the WSL now two points off leaders Chelsea who have a game in hand Saturday's opponents West Ham are seventh they've lost the last four WSL games they've won a couple in the cups United should win but there's no guarantee let's see how things go we've won our are the three games at Old Trafford so far. The under 18s meanwhile drew 0-0. Two goalkeepers with some excellent saves for both sides. United probably the better team but couldn't get past Stoke. In lonely news finally, the biggest headline is for Charlie McNeil who scored his first senior goal pouncing on a loose ball for Newport County to put them 2-0 up at Tranmere Rovers. They won 3-1 in the end, the first winning six games for them. Great for Charlie. Ahmad scored another for Sunderland, coming off the bench to win and convert a penalty to get Sunderland a 1-1 draw against Luton. Excellent from him again. And my Middlesbrough supporting mate, who is rightly in love with Michael Carrick, reliably informs me that the guy with the long hair for Preston was their best player on the pitch as p were beaten by uh, an informed Middlesbrough side. He was talking about Alvaro Fernandez, you may have guessed, the on loan left back. Fernandez is still keeping Robbie Brady out of the team. Uh, he's doing very well. And those are the key stories. I think that's all for the Manchester United really podcast this week apologies for a slightly shorter episode in, in Jack's absence we were hoping to get a particular guest on but it didn't, couldn't quite be worked out later on and uh, yeah I'll let, let me know if you can if you guess where Jack's been this weekend and what ground it is based on the noise at the start of the podcast and uh, yeah thank you very much for listening thank you for your support as always particularly to our patrons if you're enjoying the show please leave us a review on Whatever app you use, I just share this with you, mates. Um, always appreciated. And have a lovely week. Goodbye.